Thank you for joining us for another power-packed message from Dr. Miles Monroe, provided by Monroe Global Incorporated and MonroeGlobal.com. We transform followers into leaders and leaders into agents of change. We hope that this message is a blessing to you as you advance your life and discover your purpose. Now, let's go into the message. This topic is very important, the priority of character. I want to ask you a question. On the screen, there's a photograph. And I want to ask you a question about this photograph. Those who are watching this from home or listening to a CD, on the screen in this room is a massive photograph of a bodybuilder. His physique is incredible. I think we are all jealous of him. I'm talking about the men. We would love to look like that. This is a powerful photograph of human strength. I'm going to show you another man, and I want to ask you a question. Here's another man. Now, both of these are men. The second photograph is another man who looks like he weighs about 110 pounds. The previous photograph is a man who looks like he weighs about 280 pounds. The first man has biceps and triceps and His muscles are carved and chiseled. The second man looks like he came from the Bahamas. The question I have between these two men is a simple question. Which one of these men exhibits strength? Which one of these men are the most powerful? Is it man number one or is it man number two? Now before you answer, you must study the men carefully. This man, with all the muscular physique, on the surface, he exhibits power, strength, even discipline. But the second man doesn't look too impressive. He seemed to be suffering from malnutrition. Probably is not as disciplined as he should have been. And you look at these photographs physically, And you have two responses to these men. One of them impresses you, the other one depresses you. One of them make you look at him and be attracted to him. The second one, you wish you never met. Now, which one of these men are the most powerful? I want to take you through a quick response of that question. I want to take you through an exercise that I call character versus ability. One of these men have power. The other one doesn't seem to have power. Here's the question. I'm going to tell you who these two men are. The first man, his name is Sam. He's a very powerful guy. That first picture you saw, his name is Sam. The second guy, his name is Joe. These are my friends. Sam and Joe are both my friends. Let's talk about Sam and Joe. We got two men, Joseph and Samson. We got a problem here. Samson has strength of body. 
And many leaders remind me of Samson. They speak well. They dress well. They are articulate. They resonate with charisma. They look like they are powerful. They wear power ties. Or she carries a power briefcase. They walk around with their G4 telephones and their power notebooks. Very impressive people. Strength of body. But Joseph is different. He has strength of character. Character you cannot see physically and visually. Which one of these men is stronger? Samson impresses men. When you look at Samson, all of us are impressed. But Joseph impressed God. Power impresses men. Character impresses God. You have to decide who is your priority. Men or God? Whoever is your priority will determine your life. Samson and Joseph are both men. Joseph died in a position of power. Samson lost his position and his vision and power. I guess the bottom line is, write this down, character protects power and vision. No matter how much power you have, how much vision you claim to possess, if you do not have character, your power and your vision are at risk. This is why character is more important than power. It's more important than vision. It's more important than skill. It is even more important than influence because character is the source of influence. So let's take a look at these two men. Here's a man who is strong in body but weak in character. He falls to the mercy of his sensual flesh desires, Samson. Here's a man who shows strength of character. He runs away from the lust and the sensual passions that you battle with in this room every day. One man, he ends his life looking big but blind. Even though his last act was great, we only remember his bald head. I guess even coming back is tough. This man, Joseph, shows that character is stronger 
than power. What did I say? I want you to, to remember this as a leader. Never bring impressed with people's power. You want to study their character. Never trust the person with power. Only trust people with character. Never be impressed with people who have power. Seek for those who have the silent strength of character. Joseph gets my vote. So the conclusion of the matter is simple. Write it down. The foundation of leadership is character. This statement sounds very simple, but it's not. I didn't say that the roof of, found of leadership is character. I didn't say the windows and the walls of your life is character. I said the foundation of your leadership is character. So, I want to remind you of what character is. If you may, you can record it. Character is a commitment to a set of values without compromise. When Joseph was tested, he had to decide whether he valued lust and pleasure more than prison. Joseph chose prison. Pleasure and prison both begin with P. You got to decide which P is more important in your life. Which P is your priority? Pleasure? Or are you going to pursue the simple, powerful essence of principle? Number two, character is dedication to a set of standards without wavering. Samson didn't survive. His standards collapsed under the weight of lust. He lost the most important thing a human being can possess, and that is a character that has moral force. Number three, character is self-imposed discipline. In keeping with moral convictions. Notice the term self-imposed. Nobody made Joseph run. And nobody made Samson stay. It's always up to you. You are the creator of your own character. Discipline is self-imposition. I am coming to the conclusion very slowly in my years of dealing with leadership issues that conviction is really the key to leadership. It's conviction. I never thought I would come to such a simple conclusion. 
because you can actually discover your purpose and still not be convicted enough to pursue it. It is conviction that sends people to prison. It is conviction that makes people run from pleasure. It is conviction that creates character. Number four, character is a constant effort, constant effort, to integrate your words, your deeds, and your action. I showed you in the evening session an illustrator of the two men who were one man and how the process is to bring those two men together until there's only one man. You want to integrate your words. When you say something, you actually do it. And you do it because you are it. And number five, character is the willingness to sacrifice your pleasure for the sake of principles. So character is basically being one with yourself. By the way, I don't have time to get into this, but in my book on character, I talk about the fact that God is God because he is character. You know, the, the, the Hebraic concept of God, when they describe God, they concluded one word, God is one. Now, some of you have no idea what that means. And if you speak to a Jewish scholar right now, he'll, he will tell you that that is the most important quality of God. God is one. He is integrated. Would you believe, write this down, the word holy actually means one. Holy means one. We use terms like pure, we use terms like sanctified, but no, it actually means one. Uh, it means there's no dichotomy in the person. It means that the person is so pure, there's no ulterior elements. You know, there are people who you know who have ulterior motive. These are dangerous people. A person with ulterior motives is a person without character. So to be one means that you have arrived at a point of what we call holiness. And don't tell me that is not possible. Because someone said 2,000 years ago, be holy like your father in heaven is. He will never command what's not possible. You should never be two people. And most people are. Matter of fact, your greatest battle is between you and your other self. And the more your secret self can become public, you become closer to character. I want to talk about values because character is founded in values. And this word philosophy is important. 
The most powerful component of leadership is philosophy. Now, this is important because I want to show you how philosophy is really the manifestation of your character. Philosophy is your belief system. Your belief system come from all the ideas that you collected over time that you've accepted as truth. Or, in my perspective from this session, acceptable. All leaders manifest their philosophy through their belief system. So I'm going to give you a little list to write down. Belief creates your values. Your values produce your morals. Your morals inform your ethics. Your ethics produce your character, and your character controls your life. So please follow the system very carefully. First, what's number one? Beliefs create your values. If you believe that taking something that doesn't belong to you is not right, if you believe that, then you follow the process. If you believe that stealing, we call it, is not right, then that becomes valuable to you. It becomes a value to you. That value then produces your moral response to the opportunity to steal. And because your moral response is that this value is too important to you to violate, then your behavior becomes what they call ethical behavior. You have ethical behavior. It informs your ethics. And because your ethics, which people can see, takes action, then people say you are a person of character. And if you do it consistently, they say you are, have a life of character. So there's a process. Let's go through leadership keys. I, in my books on leadership, I have isolated over 14 necessary components of leadership. But I, I isolated them down, diluted them down to, to three in this session. Three most important components of leadership. The first one is purpose, which is the source of your vision. The second one is potential, which is the source of your ability and skill. And the third one is principles, which are the key and the most important, because they are the values that you hold dear and will not violate. Leadership, therefore, is purpose. That's your, that's your mentality, your vision, the things you see and feel. Your ability, potential, is the second one. That's your power to perform and to do. But the third one is principles, and this one has to do with being responsible. Tiger Woods was a powerful, awesome character in golf. But his character had a break, a defect. The result was an irresponsible behavior. He was not responsible. He didn't act responsibly. His character was destroyed. He's trying to rebuild it again. So I just want to go over these very quickly again. Three components of leadership that I consider to be essential. One is principles, which produce character. Character is more important than charisma. Values are more important than vision. And so don't ever believe that your vision is the most important thing in your life. 
Your vision is as safe as your value. Leadership is impossible without a guiding vision and a purpose. It's impossible without a deep passion and conviction to accomplish your purpose. However, it is also impossible without principles that regulate leadership behavior. I hope you will never again after this summit ever make anything in your life more important than character. And that you will spend the rest of your life fighting to protect your character. I'm talking about fighting. I would prefer that you call me one day and say, Dr. Miles, I lost my house, my car, the dog is dead, bank accounts shut down, but I still got my character. I promise you, I will find money for you and build you a house. Because I would prefer to have a friend with character than a rich friend with corruption. Vision and values. Very important relationship between the two. First of all, without values, vision has no destiny and discipline. This is very important to write down. With vision without values is destiny without discipline. No matter how great your destiny is, it could be derailed by your lack of discipline. Samson, what a great story that could have ended as. Huh? He would have been one of the greatest judges of Israel. But he is known as the man who fell for a woman disgraced his nation and corrupted his memory forever. Number two, vision is protected by values. Number three, vision is interpreted through your values. No matter how great your vision is, I can tell if you believe it by the way you're acting. For example, if you show me a massive vision that you have for your life, and you're smoking while you're showing it to me. I want you to think about this now. That means you got this vision, this massive vision, that'll probably take 50 years to accomplish phase one, and you are working on your death. In other words, you don't value your lungs, even though you have a big destiny. So we got people with great vision sipping on alcohol while they're talking about it. This is like, it's like a smoking doctor. Your life is interpreted through your values. I eat properly. People ask me, why do you so, I've known you for 50 years, you have energy every day. That ain't no miracle. <laughs> I take a lot of vitamins every morning and I eat properly and exercise. And don't stress myself out by having any adulterous relationship. You know why you look old? You got adultery in your life. Sin makes you old. Clap. Because the stress level that sin causes 
destroys the free radical cells in your body, triggers them, and turns them into cancer cells, and you end up with death in your body. Just from an act. Your values interpret your, your vision. Number four, organizational vision is corporate purpose in pictures. Okay, your company, you business people here, you have your company, or you pastors, you have your church, or you politicians, you have your party or your platform. Everybody got some organizational component. But let me tell you something about organization. This is very important. Write this down. Organizational values are corporate convictions. Your organization must have character. Not just you. And the problem is, you are the organization. I was speaking with governments the last three weeks in Africa, and we went to so many countries, and every country we went to, we spoke with government leaders. They were in seminars just like this. I was talking to them for hours. And I was sharing with every government that I spoke to. I said, listen, there's no such thing as corrupt politicians. I'm sorry, corrupt politics. I said, there's no such thing as a corrupt government. Doesn't exist. Organizations are never corrupt. It's the people that get in them. This is why when the attorney general spoke on our first day, she made a statement very important, and I say it often. She said, in reference to politics, that the politician determines what the country will look like. Their values that are personal become public policy. This is why, for example, in the United States, you Americans need to be very careful because you think that the president is your problem. The president of the United States is never your problem because he's always temporary. The most dangerous people in the United States are the people you cannot fire. You can't vote them out because you didn't vote them in. That's why they are called supreme. So you don't understand. Don't miss my session, third session today. The most dangerous people in the United States and in every country are the ones who create law. Because law produces value. They become the character of the country. Not the people, the laws they make. They create your children's future. They tell your children what's acceptable and not acceptable. That's why they are called supreme. Do you know the word supreme is only used in reference to God? Which means that America has gods. So don't worry about the, 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 the president. Don't worry about the president too much. I used to be talking to the president. The presidents go and come. It's the guys you can't move. I'm not saying that your president shouldn't be checked. But I think sometimes you put too much emphasis on the wrong thing. You need to make sure that the people, 
You may even need to challenge your governmental system in the next 20 years and say something's wrong with this system. We can't afford to have people sitting in a chair permanently. There's got to be a way to remove them if they do not in, go live in sync with our traditional values as a country. Organizations have values. Write this down. Vision and values is the marriage of purpose and principle. Your purpose for your life, purpose for your organization, you got to marry them with principles so they can be protected by the principles. Principles are those values and convictions and beliefs that you hold dear. That's why we call them values. You value them. Very important. Here's a guy that you all you know, know well. This guy with his finger. Huh? President Clinton. Let me tell you what I discover about leaders. Write this down. They confuse character with reputation. <laughs> Never trust your reputation. And don't trust other people's reputation. We've made reputation more important than character and personal responsibility. So therefore, we make position more important than disposition. And therefore, our greatest need today is really not leaders with great reputation, but leaders who have great responsible attitude. They will not violate values. I'm talking about personally. Reputation is never more important than responsibility. I heard the Attorney General speak yesterday morning. I'm telling you, she said some important things. She said that leaders today are more concerned about managing their image than they are about managing the people's business. Image management. Matter of fact, they even hire image consultants. Now you know you are in trouble when you got to hire people to give you an image. Because your character is so weak, you need someone to be paid to give you one. This is disaster. I'm an image consultant. What do you mean by that? What you, that means something is wrong with the person's image, and you're going to prop it up with false advertising and promotion. You're going to create lies. Damage control, they say. Damage control. Damage control. Hey, a secret came out about the president. Damage control. So they hire 10 people for damage control. What? That's like telling God, oh, you found out about me. Hang on a second. I'm going to get some people to kind of, you know, fix this for me, God. It's character. Ah, so serious. Image consultants. Never had one in my life. What you see is what you get. Miles Monroe. My wife is my image consultant. And she's also my bodyguard. She's also my entourage.
I only travel with my wife, not 10 men. I tell people, you invite me to come to your event? You get two tickets. Why? Because she's a part of my message. And she doesn't have to say a word. I want her there. Why? My character is more important than your money. you men in here who associate with me. You remember that. Let your wife be your greatest witness. And make sure your wife is a woman. Now, uh, <laughs> reputation is not the same as character. Write this down, please. Character, hey, I'm just saying. Martin, you ain't right. <laughs> Write this down, please. Reputation is what others think about you. Character is what you know about you. If you knew everything you know about you, would you marry you is the question. Reputation is what you are in public. Character is what you are in private. My private life is the force of my public performance. Living in a small country like this, believe me, is a tough thing. Because everybody knows where you've been last night. You just think they don't know. No woman in this country can say I have a child for her, lay with her. No woman in this country can ever say I touch her breast or touch her hip. No one. I say it publicly. Why? Because my life is my secret life. It's called the moral force of leadership. Your words are as heavy as your character. Write this down. Integrity means you are one with yourself. You are the same in the day, in the night. You are the same in the office with the door closed. Or in the party when everybody's present. You are the same in the pulpit as you are in the prayer room, as you are counseling someone in the room. You are the same person. If there's any dichotomy, your character is in danger. Never disconnect yourself from yourself. Oh, help me, Father. Integrity is when your private life and your public life becomes one. We need leaders in the next 10 years to emerge in our countries 
who are women and men of integrity. My friends, I want to talk quickly about the source of moral character leadership. The moral force of leadership is the key to inspirational leadership. Now, I don't think anyone can question how much Nelson Mandela inspires you. Does he? You don't even know him. But his life, his fixed disposition, remember we learned that last night, his, his unmovable conviction transformed the whole world. People who never knew him became totally inspired by him because moral force can inspire people from a distance. Philosophy and conviction is the source of morality. We need leaders whose convictions are so deep it becomes the force of their life. Men and women of moral character don't need to speak much because their character is louder than their words. I want to submit to you that your convictions really are your leadership. They form the basis of what you do as a leader. And your belief systems and your convictions, therefore, produce your values. Your values produce your morals, and your morals produce your discipline, and your discipline manifests your ethics. And your ethics create your character. You are schizophrenic if your belief and your lifestyle is a dichotomy. Character means one. You are the same person all the time. Character is, your, your character is what you do when no one's watching. Your character is what you do in secret. Your character is what you do when no one will ever find out. What do you do if you know? I mean, what do you do? That's the real you. The other one is a fake. Ethical behavior is simply a manifestation of your true self. Mother Teresa, what a woman. Strange woman. Powerful character. She didn't speak loud. When you have moral force of character, you don't have to talk loud. When I, when I met Mr. Mandela a few times, and, and almost every time I met him, he was very quiet. But the whole room shook when he walked in. His, his character was so heavy. His words had to be few. If people ignore you when you walk into a room, you better check your character. I'm not talking about fame. I'm even talking about fear. Does your present create fear? Or That's a moral force. 
And these are humble people. These are not tyrants. One of the nicest men I ever met is Nelson Mandela. He laughs with me, you know, we chatted. And I'm like, this guy is bigger than life. Humble. Character is a tested person who became, who, who remained consistent under pressure. Let me wrap this up with some thoughts here. Leadership needs to share its vision with people. And, but I want to just caution us as leaders. And we got so many here. You know, I think we're up to over 50 countries now in this room. And some of you are affecting millions of people. Let me, let me tell you, write, write this down, please. Write this down. Leaders stand for something. They stand for their vision. But they, all must, they also must stand on something. And that's their values. You know, here they say, boy, I stand for this cause. Yeah, but I want to know what you're standing on. What will you not sacrifice? What will you not compromise for? You are never remembered for the things that you compromise for. History forgets you. You are remembered for the things that you are willing to die for. All true leaders, true leaders, adhere to a set of values that they won't compromise. All true leaders. Now, they're not leaders, but the true ones, they don't sacrifice their values. Sometimes you got to abandon your best friend to protect your character. Sometimes you got to give up some of your family members even to protect your character. No one should be more important than your character. Nobody. That's why Jesus said, if you follow me, you may have to become an enemy of your own family, he said. I would rather die broke with my character than to live in wealth with my corruption. What a life. I submit to you that values regulate your personal life, but they also regulate your corporate performance. And that's why we need to have our values intact. Uh, this man is amazing. Four feet, nine inches high. 80 pounds. Sitting in a James jail cell. And he told the great empire of Great Britain, you gotta let my people go. The moral force of power, of conviction. He said to them, I will eat not a morsel of food until my people of India are free. And he sat on the ground. He said, bring me a spindle. I will make cloth and die. Isn't it tragic that you can live 80 years and when you die, we forget you? Memories are created by character, not compromise. We will never forget this man. He never ate. 
Britain was defeated not by one bullet, but by a man's character. Your character is more powerful than a weapon. Matter of fact, it is your weapon. I got some friends here with me in, in uh, Uganda. And about 12 days ago, I was in Uganda. Some of the folks were with me, a couple of people here. And they remember, I walked into the presidential uh, breakfast uh, to speak. I had never met the president of Uganda before. The place had about maybe a thousand leaders. All the government was there. And I came in because my aircraft landed a little late. And he was already seated with his cabinet members and his wife. And I walked into the room and, and he was getting ready to speak. And when I walked into the room, the place erupted. They forgot the president. I was just innocent. They were escorting me in, taking me to my seat. And everybody just forgot the president. And the place exploded. And the president was standing up there, just, wait, who's this? Watching this handsome young guy come inside. And then they took me to my seat, you know, and I courtesy the president. And they took me all the way up and sat me at the head table, right between him and his wife. And he looked at me. And when the people settled down, he said, well, I guess I really don't know who this man is. Whoever he is, he's more important than me. <laughs> he said, my wife talks about him more than she talks to me. <laughs> he said, I got to get to know this man. Your character should be louder than your presence. Your absence should not take away your presence. He is still present. Martin Luther King Jr. is still present. A young man came to me in Kenya a few days ago. He said, I want you to meet my little boy. Was a little kid, four years old. I said, hey, I picked a little boy husband. He said, ask him his name. I said, what's your name? He said, Miles. <laughs> and the young man told me a story. He said, I was on drugs. I was sleeping on the road. And someone gave me a book in Kenya, and it was your book. And I sat on a cardboard box and read the book and decided... I want to change my life. And he said, you don't understand. I'm married. I have my own company. I got a beautiful family. And I decided I'm going to name my son after you because you changed my life. And I want to hear your name every day in my house. That's why I have to live clean for that little boy's sake. I got to protect his name. My son out there who's running this organization, I mean, this, this, this whole event, I named him Miles. I can't destroy his name. Who are you living for?
character is personal, but it's never private. Your public act depends on your private performance. The weight of your public words are as heavy as your private life. <laughs> the experience I have, a young guy came to me in Nigeria. I was just there last week. My friends were with me there. And a guy came to me at the end of the conference session. He says, you know, Dr. Monroe, I've been following you for 15 years, and I've been reading, I read all your books, and I drove three hours to come to this event. And he says, I just wanted to tell you that even though you are a good speaker and everything else, what impressed me most is the way you treat your wife. He was talking about a character issue. He wasn't listening to me. He was watching me. That's why I take my wife everywhere I go. Because she is a part of my message. My children go with me. What? They are part of my message. If it doesn't work in my house, how can I talk about your house? Character. Your values. Here's a man we all know. This guy... Oh, I call it principles versus power. Values versus vision. He had a great vision, but his values were skewed. He had a powerful power, but his principles were corrupt. And so he ran into historical tragedy. Leadership, first of all, should be a commitment to principles and values not just the vision. Secondly, leadership without values is power without principle. And character is manifested to show your value system over and above your vision. People will listen to your vision, but they'll watch your values. That's how it works. And if your values are right, they'll listen to your vision. Don't ever sacrifice your values on the altar of convenience. Character is accountability to self. Last night we heard Mr. Javago Lang speak. What a wonderful session that was, eh? Oh, he said some important things last night, didn't he? I think he's coming back today. Listen. He said something about auditing. He says, character is self-audit. Isn't that good? And your conscience is in charge of the audit every day. Accountability to self. And then accountability to the people who you are influencing. That's character. I make my personal decisions on your behalf. Did you know that? Millions of people watch me every day. Billions of people watch our programs. I mean, I was shocked. 1.6 billion people, they say, watch our programs around the world. Stations pick me up all over the place and they just put me on free. And I say to them, I say to them, you think that's, that's fun? That ain't fun, that's pressure. 
when people believe in you, you are under pressure. I do not live for myself anymore. I live for you. I live for the reputation of the Bahamas. These people have come here. Why did you all come here? Why did you all come here? Because of the prime minister? Come on, answer me. No. <laughs> We got about a thousand people in this room, and, and, and who brought them here? Not me, my character. Why should I come to you? Money can't bring people to you. It's your character. I submit to you that accountability is your obligation to report to those who, are, who you are responsible to and responsible for. I am responsible for the people who look to me. So public leadership has no private life. We gotta learn that. We keep trying to separate the two. Your public performance gets weight from your private life. It's difficult to sell something that you don't believe. Accountability, commitment to your personal integrity. I get tempted to do everything you get tempted to do. But my response to that temptation is always my responsibility to the world. I went to Robben Island. I sat in the same cell Mr. Mandela sat in. My wife and I went there. I wept in the cell because the cell was shorter than his height. You ever been there? It's an amazing place. There's, he's longer than the cell, which means that he had to actually sleep 27 years on a, tall, a cold concrete floor. And the guy who took us on the tour said to us, he was in the prison with Mr. Mandela. He's one of those who were released. He's now touring the people because he knows the story. And he said to me, he said, many times the government of the day came to him and asked him, do you want to be released? We will give you a house, cars, security. We'll give you all the money you need, give you a bank account. Just withdraw your opposition to apartheid. And every time they came, he would tell them, close the cell door and lock it. He said, so many times they offered him. And that's why everyone in prison followed him. Because they didn't offer them. His character was so fixed. He locked out his wife and children. Because he had a conviction for the people. In other words, his, his private decision was a public cause. 
He has character. You can trust a man like that. And so I submit, I submit to you that character and integrity are the protection of leadership. You protect your leadership by your character. It is as safe as your character. It is as fragile as your character. In this new book that I just released, and the publisher arrived today, where's my publisher? Stand up, please. Give a warm welcome to the publishing company that released our work. So glad to have you. Whitaker House Publishing Company. In this book, I listed some people as examples of character failure. The list was so long, I had to take some of them off. And these are people that you all know. So we have a problem in the 21st century. We have issues. And the number one issue is character defects. And we have to restore character as the most important priority in leadership. And this is my hope, that this week, when you leave here, that you will leave here with an awareness that your power is never more important than your principles. And that your values is never more important than your vision. And your character is much more important than your convenience and your comfort. People believe you because of what they know about you. So let's go ahead and make it a day. Thank you once again for listening to this message as we hope that it has been a blessing to you. Our goal is to show you new paths and opportunities so that you can discover your purpose. It is your love, support, and partnership that makes Monroe Global possible. Please visit us online at www.monroeglobal.com for more product, partnership, or to join us at one of our live events around the world.